You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so that we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, guys, welcome to episode number 114 of the Digital Barbell Podcast. Thank you guys for being here. You can't see this because this is audio, but we're recording this from our camper. Yeah, we are. How cool is that? Technology. <laughs> and the funny thing is we have faster internet where we camp than our at our actual house. 5G, baby. <laughs> we're on horse and buggy internet out in the sticks of Wimberley. But yes, we are back with another episode. We got a special episode. I say that every week, but this is a special episode. We've got Jordan Syatt on the podcast today. Maybe you follow him on Instagram. You might because he has over 800,000 followers. He's always posting awesome, helpful content. We talk a lot about nutrition. We talk about business. We talk about the reality of sharing your life on Instagram and a lot of other things in between. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. But before we get into the interview, we have an announcement. If you're listening to this when the episode comes out, registration for our four-week nutrition challenge is open. So in the past, we've been kind of anti-challenge because sometimes challenges are really just unsustainable things that you do short term, but that's nothing like what this challenge is about. We built this based on our experience working one-on-one with our individual nutrition coaching clients, identifying what the common problems are and helping people build sustainable habits that counteract those problems that most people have when it comes to making changes with their nutrition. That's what this challenge is. It's not uncommon for people to lose four to five pounds during these four weeks, but more importantly than that, setting themselves up for long-term success. So we're going to start the challenge on March 6th. That's a Sunday. So you've got to finish registration by March 4th. That's this Friday. If you're listening to this on Thursday, you've got today and tomorrow only. Head to digitalbarbell.com slash nutrition challenge to sign up, and we will get started on the 6th. We're excited about it. So without any further ado, here is the interview with Jordan Syatt. If you're looking for a world record holding power lifter who's not afraid to eat a Big Mac every day for a month or drink nothing but coffee for a day in the name of nutrition education, you're in luck. Jordan Syatt is our guest today. Thank you for being here, Jordan. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Jordan, I found you the same way that probably a lot of people do these days through an Instagram post that you put up that really caught my eye, but you actually posted your first picture on Instagram in 2015 and it got exactly 52 likes on it. And for the record, it was a picture of a can of beer, (laughs) (laughs) but here we are eight years later and you've now got over 800,000 followers on Instagram. And typically when you post a video, it'll get over 100,000 views. So let me ask you, when you became a coach, did you ever think that being a public figure would go along with the territory? No, not at all. Not at all. I, it's funny. I think because it's a good question. It's funny. I didn't know what my first Instagram post was. So that's that was. I was wondering if it was my old dog. Um, the 16 I, ounce can of beer. <laughs> that seems about right. Um, 
you know, I think a lot of people see someone with a big audience and they sort of assume it's like, well, they signed up for that. It's like, not really. It's sort of like anyone who makes it, who makes a social media account is essentially signing up for it then. Cause I had no idea, you know, I like, I had no clue. I didn't have any expectation. I just, you know, I just did it cause everyone else was doing it. So yeah. and it sort of just happened. You know what I mean? It's like, I had no idea, no expectation at all that that would end up happening. Was there ever a point as your following grew where you, where your mindset kind of shifted about um, just the amount of people that were seeing what you posted and how that influenced what you were sharing? And I want to come back to social media more, but this just kind of popped into my head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially, so there were a couple moments. One moment was like when, when people started to ask more about my personal life and especially about my, my wife. Um, and having a conversation with her about it because things started to happen where that I, I was never worried about before. Like in terms of if I post this picture, then people will know which building in New York I live in. Right. Or like, if I, like now we live in Dallas and like, we never really post much around the building because we don't want landmarks. It was like things like that, that I never would have worried about before, or like the, the number next to the door in our apartment building. So they know what floor we're on. Like, and then there would be times when people would come up and recognize me in public, which I'm always so grateful for. And like, I, I always say hello and I'm super glad when they do. Um, but you start thinking like, you're always being watched like always, like there's, you're never sure that wherever you are, you're anonymous. Right. So it's like things start to, it always starts to play in your head where it's like, and I'm relatively a nobody compared to some real big celebrities who are like, they can't go anywhere without being seen. So I can start to understand why some of these celebrities, they just go off the grid completely because it can be a little bit almost like nerve wracking just from a safety perspective. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's crazy out there, like what they want to do to you or why. So, so yeah, there was, a, there was a point in time where I've had like several landmarks where I've been like, all right, I've just got to be a little bit more cautious of what I'm sharing. And I think you're so honest and vulnerable in the things that you share that it kind of creates this relationship type feeling with somebody that just follows you online that might break down some of the barriers that might exist and how they would approach somebody that they don't really know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I try and be as honest as I can about everything. Like, I don't want to discuss something that I can't be honest about. So if I can't be honest about it, I won't discuss it. But basically everything I discuss, I want to be as open and candid and vulnerable as I can. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I want to talk, I want to come back to social media, but I want to talk about something that I think is really the key to success and just about anything in life. And anybody listening to this probably knows what I'm going to say, consistency. So what does consistency mean to you personally? And when you look back, what are the things that you've done consistently that you would say have had the biggest impact on where you are now, both personally and professionally? Um, I mean, I, I agree with you. Consistency is the most important thing in, in anything, whether it's business, whether it's relationships, whether it's your own health and fitness, like you have to find what you can be consistent with. And I think the line that I've used for years that have, that has hit home people with most is it's, it's more important to be consistent than it is to be rigid. Like consistency is more important than rigidity. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember when I sort of came up with that line, consistency is more important than rigidity because I was looking at research around successful dieters and people who, who are successful at maintaining a healthy body fat. And um, 
what the research consistently shows is that dieters who are able to incorporate some of their favorite foods on a regular basis are more consistent than dieters who are more rigid with their, with their dieting. Like that's what the, the researchers wrote. That was actually what the entire study was about, how rigid dieters are actually less successful than flexible dieters. And so I realized that sort of plays into all aspects of life. If you want to be consistent with something, you can't be too rigid about it because if you're too rigid, you're, you're like a, this tree that will snap, right. But a tree in the wind, like it will, it'll blow back and forth. It has some, some leniency to it. So you want to be like that. Um, and, and that for me has held true with all aspects, whether it's fitness, business relationships, all of it. So for me, I mean, there've been times in my life where I've just been unbelievably consistent with, with strength training or powerlifting when I became a world record powerlifter. There've been times when I've been un, unbelievably consistent with posting on social media, which is what allowed me to grow. Um, lately, I've been ridiculously consistent with my jujitsu and also with just sort of being present with my wife. Cause that's what I'm focused on now is just my, my family and, and my own health. So I think what's important for me to clarify here is I don't think it's possible to be consistent with every single thing. Like you can't be consistent with exercise and with sleep and with business and with relationships and with friends. You can't be consistent with all of it. I think you have to pick a couple of things that you want to be consistent with and prioritize those. And I think, you know, some people will say things like, well, if you're not doing it, then it's just not your priority. And some people get offended when you say that, but it's the truth. It's it, you're, you're choosing what your priority is. Is your priority, your family is your priority, your business is your priority, your health is your priority, your sleep. What, what's your priority or what's your two or three priorities. You can't have 12 priorities and then you choose. And if, if, if for, for example, five years ago, my health and fitness was not my priority. It was my business. And so if someone said to me, well, you're just not prioritizing your health, I would have been like, you're right. I'm not. And that's my choice. I'm not going to be offended by it. I'm not going to be like, no, you don't get it. I don't have time. It's like, of course I have the time. I'm just prioritizing something else. So whatever you want to be consistent with, you choose. And that's your decision. Like you have to live with that. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's good. You, you kind of like made me think about periodizing anything in your life, like training, like, you know, <clears throat> we're going to really focus on strength, this block, and we're going to let our conditioning slide a little bit, maybe because mm -hmm. that's what our priority is in this time. But I think like, and this is something I end up talking with clients a lot with is being honest with yourself about what is that priority and then aligning your expectations of your result up with what you actually have the bandwidth to focus on. It's that, mm -hmm. it's that disconnect that gets under people's skin and makes them feel like they're failing when their actions don't align with their expectations, which is really fine. They just need to come to that awareness that I can't do it all right now. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, when, if you're trying to do everything, you're going to end up doing nothing. So pick one or two things and really go all in on it. Yeah. Okay. Let's try a little exercise. Pretend that you wake up tomorrow and you suddenly have 50 pounds to lose. <laughs> you have terrible habits and you don't exercise currently. Where are you going to start personally? I'd start with, with walking. That'd be, that'd be where I begin right, for, right from the very beginning. Um, if you had asked me this question like five, seven, 10 years ago as a coach, my answer would have been different. It would have been more towards the nutrition. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to start getting my nutrition in check. Um, because the reality is nutrition is the most important, especially when it comes to weight loss. But what I've realized over years of coaching people is like, if you're talking about someone who's completely sedentary, has terrible habits, odds are they're 
it's going to be very difficult for them to just go in out of nowhere and start making nutritional changes for, for no other reason than you don't really get the benefit of immediate results from nutritional changes. Like you all right, cool. So you choose the apple instead of the donut this one time. Cool. Awesome. You still want the donut and you don't feel better because you ate the apple. It's not like, Oh my God, my body just feels so amazing. Now it's like, no, like you feel like you're restricting yourself and you still want the fucking donut. Whereas when you go on a walk, or you do any exercise, you get immediate short-term benefits. You get the endorphin release. You feel better about yourself. You're proud of yourself because you did something you didn't want to do. You actually get physiological benefits that you will adapt to and feel better from. And also people are more likely to improve their nutrition when they're physically active, but when they're not physically active, they're more likely to be like, ah, screw it. I'm not going to eat well. Cause what's the point. Yep. So if that was me, I'd start off with just getting my steps in, just getting my, some movement in. And that would be the first step to then progressing into, uh, improved nutrition and sleep habits as well. Yeah. That's killer. One of the things that we have nutrition clients do a lot of times is to watch how much water they're drinking and to start the day with a big glass of water. And it's not that there's mm-hmm. anything magical about drinking that glass of water, but it does the same thing as going out for a walk. You're starting the day with a healthy decision for yourself, which has a mm-hmm. chance to lead you to making more healthy decisions later in the day, just snowballs on itself. Yeah, that's exactly right. What would you do once the habit of getting the steps in was in place? What would you try to do on your nutrition? Do you think if you didn't really know anything about healthy habits? Yeah. So if I'm, if it's me or I'm working with a client at this point, who's, who's struggling, um, I'm going to have a conversation with them, just figure out like, what, what do they think is going to be most beneficial because it's going to be different for everyone, right? Like if I'm working with a client who, who hates vegetables, like they hate it, I'm not going to force them to eat vegetables at the beginning. I'm not going to like go against the grain and try and push them into something. If I have a client who who is fine with vegetables, they just have an issue elsewhere with their nutrition, then it might be, you know, Hey, let's try and get a salad in every day. But let's say I have a client who absolutely despises vegetables. They hate it. Or let's say it's me. Like I'm, I'm over 50 pounds. I got my steps in. Now what I'll probably start focusing on what I can add to my nutrition rather than taking out. Right. So when you say that, yeah. Rather than saying like, all right, no more this, no more that. And we're like, how about we add some protein in? So like, at, ideally I want you to have some protein source in every meal for breakfast. It could be eggs. It could be Greek yogurt, could be cottage cheese, could be any of that. If you want to have a like Turkey sandwich, if you want to have chicken breast, if you want to have beef, whatever it is for, if you want to have salmon, fish, whatever for breakfast, uh, for dinner, uh, lunch and dinner. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But start just focusing on prioritizing protein at those meals. And I would say you can eat whatever you want, but you have to get at least one protein source in these meals. And that way, progressively mm-hmm. adding in bit by bit, uh, different, different things they can improve on. So it would be probably steps and then adding in protein. Amazing how much more buy-in you can get out of somebody when you start by telling them what to add in versus what to subtract, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. And then like the coach's Jedi mind trick really going on is the fact that you suggest they have one or two high protein snacks per day. Well, they're not going to go have their less nutritious snack in addition to those probably, even though you didn't tell them not to eat it. Correct. It It just works itself out. Now they don't feel like they're being restricted. Now it's just like, oh, they chose not to have it because they're not hungry anymore. Exactly. Let's not give away all the trade secrets though. (laughs) Okay. Can we talk about business a little bit? Let's do it. All right. So you and Mike run the fitness business mentorship that helps coaches grow their businesses. And you guys have an awesome podcast, cleverly named how to become a personal trainer, SEO magic right there. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, how rewarding has it been to help other coaches grow their impact in addition to your own? It's been, re- it's been remarkable. Um, it's funny because I attribute a lot of the success of my clients and people who follow me to people like Alan Aragon and Martin Birkin and Lyle McDonald, people who I learned from. And it's cool now to be on, to be sort of see it from their perspective where I have coaches who are helping 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 one-on-one coaching clients who are saying literally all of them are benefiting because of the things I've learned from you. So it's sort of my way of being able to get more reach and help more people is like, well, I can only help so many people if I'm the only coach, but if I can help coaches become a better coach, I'm also helping everyone that they help. Yeah. Is there any common thread as you kind of think about your business mentor clients who are the most successful? Is there any kind of common thread that runs through those people that any coaches listening to this can benefit from? The most important one's consistency. Right? <laughs> it, it really is, man. It's just, it's the key. As you know, it's just consistency. It's, you know, there's no common thread in terms of, it's not like they're all jacked or shredded. They're not, <laughs> nor am I. It's not like they're all super funny and like putting on wigs or anything like I do. It's not like they're all, they're not like world record lifters or stepping on stage bodybuilders or physique competitors. They're just unbelievably consistent with putting out content that helps people. And, and mm-hmm. the thing that I see with coaches is coaches are the first ones to tell their clients, like, be consistent with your eating your fruits and vegetables, be consistent with eating your protein, be consistent with your steps, be consistent with your workouts. But then a coach will post four times on social media and all of a sudden like, well, why, why aren't I getting clients? Like, cause you posted four times in the last week, like keep going for six more months and then see what happens. But as soon as they don't get as many likes as they think they should get on one post, they quit. So it's like posting on social media is the equivalent of your clients eating their fruits and vegetables, like eat your fruits and veggies. Yeah. Who even knew that? being like social media would have such a large impact on this, this whole conversation that we're having, but let's dig into it a little bit more. Um, you know, even with our small loyal following that we have sometimes Blakely and I feel pressure to pressure and anxiety really about what to post both material wise. And then where do we draw the line between posting about our business and sharing parts of our personal life? I'm assuming that Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, that's just been kind of a constant evolution for you over the years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a constant learning process, sort of towing the line with what you're comfortable with and figuring out what you want to share and what you don't want to share. You know, for me, the fitness stuff has always been the easiest part. Like Mm -hmm. whatever questions people ask me, I make content about, and that's why I love Q and A's so much because it's like, I will answer whatever you ask in a very detailed response. Um, and anytime I haven't been doing much feed posting lately, just because I haven't, haven't really wanted to, but if I really wanted to grow my account, I would do more feed posting. And I would literally answer the exact same questions that people ask in Q and A's or my clients ask me, like, I would just answer that. And the reality is you're going to get the same questions over and over and over again. If you scroll down my page, you're going to see the same posts done in different ways over and over and over and over again, because people have the same questions and that's, what being a coach is, right? you, you have one specialty or maybe a couple specialties and you answer the same questions over and over and over. So for, for posting for the content that's helpful, it's very repetitive, mm-hmm. but that's, that's what it is. I mean, think about this. I mean, look at what teachers do, right? Like a, a third grade teacher, an eighth grade teacher, a, a 12th grade teacher, a professor at a university, they teach the same thing every year. 
they had the same lesson plan that they go through every single year. They give out the same tests every single year and they grade the same stuff year over year over year. Look at what teacher, I mean, look at uh, what like nurses and doctors do. They see the same symptoms over and over and over again. And like occasionally they'll come across one that they don't see on a regular basis, but they do, they take your blood pressure. They take your, your, they do the pulse oximeter, like you do the same things over and over and over again. And so when you become a specialist in something, it becomes repetitive. And until recently, that was, that's what life was. You started work as a, as a young teenager, whatever it is you were going to do. And then you did that forever. And now people, they just, they want to change their careers because it's, it's so repetitive, but the reality is like, that's what, what we're made to do. That's what life is. You find something that you're good at and you specialize in and you go all in on it. So in terms of fitness content, you just, you post the stuff that helps people, which is going to be answering the same questions over and over and over again. As for the, the personal stuff, I very, I think, you know, the Pareto principle 80, 20 is really holds true. It's like 80% of your content should be fitness and helpful. And then 20% of your content can be more like about you and personal life and, and you give people just enough. So they feel like they know you better. Yeah. That's, that's uh, like, like it's sometimes tough to balance and, and, you know, there's like, this pressure where you're at the point now where you don't, you, you can take a week off of posting, but you know, Blakely and I feel this pressure sometimes like, man, if we don't post something, we're going to lose, people are going to stop looking for us or we're going to stop showing up at people's feed. And I'm sure your uh, mentor clients feel that same pressure sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I even still feel that way, even though like I don't need to do as much posting anymore, I still get that same feeling like shit, I got to post, you know, I haven't posted in a little while. I don't, I don't want to become irrelevant, which is, candidly, it's a valid concern, right? It's like in a world of social media, you've got to stay relevant. I don't think it's as hard to stay relevant as people think though, as the pressure that we put on ourselves. It's just, it's just showing up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just showing up. It doesn't have to be a perfectly edited video. It doesn't have to be like the most incredible thing. Just, it just has to, you have to be there and show them that you care and that you're there to help no matter what. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, that's where I think people get too, overwhelmed with it. It's like, it's got to look perfect. It's got to be the best piece of content. It doesn't, you just have to be there. I got to bring this into final cut pro. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't at all. I Use do, the I Instagram story. Everything software. on my phone. Yeah. Well, a lot of your content, I think hits home with people because of the stuff that you focus on, which are the common problems and common things that people run into. And cause it's all relatable and shareable. And then after watching your Ted talk that you did earlier I think it was last year, uh, end of last yeah. year, um, you know, and hearing your own personal story, it kind of makes sense why you're passionate about this, these certain topics that you keep talking about. And I'll put a link to the Ted talk in the notes for this episode, because it's definitely, it's definitely worth watching. So um, thinking like 10, 20, 30 years down the road, when it comes to your impact and what you're known for, what do you want that to be? Like Jordan Syatt was the guy that, insert here. Oh man. I think different people are going to give different responses, but I think probably the, the general consensus would be Jordan Syatt taught me how to incorporate fitness into my life rather than trying to incorporate my life into fitness and taught me how to have a healthy relationship with food, a healthy relationship with exercise so that I could live a long, healthy, happy life without it becoming an obsession or without it letting it control every waking moment. Mm-hmm. And if that is the, the way you're remembered, is that 
does that jive with you? That's what you want. That's that would be ideal for me. Yeah. That's if that's, and if they say like, you know, he made me laugh along the way. Great. Then that's, that's fantastic too. But that impact, cause the thing for me is, you know, I see clients and just people in general, they, they go to their, their daughter's birthday party and they feel guilty about having pizza or, you know, they go to an, a social event, they go to the Super Bowl party and like, they, they get worried that they're ruining all their progress. Cause they, God forbid, had a fucking chicken wing. You know, it's like, so many people are not enjoying their lives out of a fear of getting fat or out of a fear of ruining their progress. And what, when you're 90 years old and lying on your deathbed, you're not going to be like, Oh God, I'm really glad that I didn't have that extra chicken wing at Paul's Super Bowl party. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be thinking that, but you will probably regret all of the time that you spent worrying about things that were ridiculous to worry about in the first place. And there are many reasons why we worry about them, whether it's because of society and media and culture and our own like internal dialogue. But the reality is like, whether regardless of the reason is we still do worry about it. And so my goal and my job is to try and get you to stop worrying about it and just do what you need to do to live the longest, healthiest, happiest life you can while still enjoying it. I think one of the ways you're so good at connecting with people is you're really good at making analogies. Where did you learn to get so good at making analogies? Was that your time working with Gary or was you born with that? Or what, how, how did you get so good at that? So I was in special education growing up and, um, and I was, I had a lot of trouble with our education system. I did not do well in it at all. Like the way that the teaching methods were, they didn't help me at all. And so in order for me to remember things, like I had to come up with analogies. That's how I would remember. That's how I would pass my exams and tests is coming up with these analogies to help me remember, okay, so this is like this is, this is like this. And I just practiced it growing up. And that I, I think is what carried over into me making better analogies. I didn't realize how important it would be until I read a book called made to stick. Mm. Uh, which is by Chip and Dan Heath. It's an amazing, amazing book. And that book helped me understand how important of a skill analogies are in terms of relating with people and helping them understand something in a way that relates very personally to them. So I would always do it, but I didn't really start bringing it into my content until I read that book. And then it completely changed my life in terms of being able to reach more and more and more people. That's awesome. Do you have any other book recommendations either for, you know, clients who are struggling with um, their healthy, you know, having a healthy relationship with food or, you know, books that your business mentor clients should read uh, for health and fitness. I mean, <clears throat> I have a book coming out June 6th. It's called, yeah. uh, awesome. if you want to pre-order that on Amazon, you can get it. It's I'm very, I think in terms of actually developing a healthy relationship with food, I don't know of any text that's probably going to be better than that one. Um, it's called eat it furry. You know, it's, it's allows you to enjoy your favorite foods without feeling guilty about it. So that would definitely be the book that I would recommend for, for fitness and health for business. I would say definitely it made to stick is always the number one that I say. Also, there's another one by the same authors, the power of moments by Chip and Dan Heath is a tremendous, tremendous book. I think everyone should read that no matter what, whether you're fitness or business, the power of moments is one of those things where when you read that book, you'll understand why Disney does so well. When you, when you read the power of moments, you'll understand why these, these big companies that they, they will always have a place in your heart, no matter what, and why they do so well, why they draw so many people to them. And you can use it in a way that has the same impact on a smaller scale. Like I use the power of moments 
all the time with in my content, in my comments, uh, in everything. It's probably it's a Chip and Dan Heath are tremendous authors. Everything they've ever written, they have another book called Decisive, tremendous book as well. They're they're two of my favorite authors. But I think Made to Stick and The Power of Moments are probably two of the most important books any business owner can read. Nice, add to cart right now. <laughs> Put them on the list. That's good. Um, okay, so before we go. You moved to Texas from New York last year. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Almost a year now, a year yeah, in April. That's awesome. Um, and we're down south of Austin, so we're not too far from you. We have a ton of clients here in Texas. So let's do a quick over or underrated about a few Texas things. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. Over or underrated for Texas? No state income tax. Underrated. Oh, man. <laughs> I, when I told my tax guy that I was moving to Texas, he was like, good move, especially going from New York. Oh, my God. Underrated. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. All right. I knew that was going to be the answer. Over or underrated? Whataburger? I would say underrated. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed it, especially I don't like in and out I, okay. Everyone is everyone, like everyone I talk to, especially people in California, like, oh, in and out's the best. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. And so com if I'm comparing in and out to, to Whataburger, I think Whataburger wins. Do you think maybe some of the stuff with in and out is kind of the moments type stuff, how they have the secret um, menu. And there's this like mystique about it when the burger is really just kind of a burger. Correct. That's a hundred percent correct. You, and you get all these people talking about it. Yeah. You get the underground menu, the double, double animal style, blah, blah, blah. It's like, how underground is it? Yeah. My grandma knows about <laughs> Everyone it. Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. But that's exactly right. It's like somebody said, by the time your uncle tells you to buy Bitcoin, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. All right. Over or underrated. You knew this one was coming. Bucky's gas stations. Bro, I still haven't been to one. I still haven't been, but like <laughs> it's been the most Texas, cliche Texas thing to imagine when I get here and everyone's like, you got to go to Bucky's. And I'm like, what's Bucky's? And they're like, it's a gas station. <laughs> Just tell people from like up north that it's like Wawa. Because everybody up in like Pennsylvania and those they areas love and, Wawa, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Like I, I, I never understood the whole thing about Wawa either. It seems like Bucky's would be cooler though, because apparently it's like it's huge. You get this massive, and I and I haven't been yet. But when people talk about it, they're like, it's this huge gas station, and you can go get beaver nuggets. And I'm like, I don't know what any of that is, but it they sounds got, ridiculous. They got 300 places you can pee. <laughs> like, well, I just need one, but <laughs> I just need one bathroom. I don't need 300. <laughs> okay. Last question on a little more serious note. Everybody goes through a period where they want to quit, whether they're one of your mentees, whether you're one of your clients, my clients, whatever, they want to go back to the way that they were because it was easier. There was some comfort in that. What do you say to that person who's in that moment? I call it the dip where they want to quit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you ever read the book called the dip? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's, if anyone hasn't read that I strongly record, it's, I read it in like 45 minutes. It's a really quick read. It's a, it's a great book. I believe it was Seth Godin who wrote mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm actually glad you said that because I think what people expect to hear is don't quit. Right. It's like, because in our world, quitters never win and winners never quit, but that's not accurate. Right. It's like there are the the people who win the most are actually the best quitters. And this is this is basically outlining the dip. This is the book. So you don't even need to read it after I say this. But like it's basically just saying the people who are the best at what they do 
they would try something, they would go into this little dip period, they would give it a certain amount of time. And after that amount of time, they now know, okay, is this worth me investing a significant more amount of time in or not? Now, if we're talking about your health, that's not something worth quitting because you only have one body. You only get really one chance at health. So this is something that that's not worth quitting. But if we're talking about a relationship with someone, right? Where it's like, cool, you get past that first, like initial lust phase, whatever it is like, but then they start to do things that like you're questioning their moral value or their integrity. It's like, is this like, okay, cool. Is what they just did is the behavior they just exhibited something that you're willing to work on? Or is that something where like, you know what, that one behavior tells me that this is not worth it. And then you're out and then you quit. Uh, it could be with a business opportunity, right? Where it's like, Maybe you're going in for a job interview, or maybe you're trying to build your own business. You're trying to build your own business on social media. It's like, cool. So you're going to post two times a day, every single day on social media. The, the first three months is going to be really, really difficult. After those first three months, you can decide, all right, is this worth it for me to keep going? Maybe you went from zero followers to 1,200 followers. And like to me, that seems like pretty damn incredible growth in the three-month time. So you should probably keep going with it. Or maybe you went from zero followers to four followers and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. This isn't worth it for me anymore. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch to something else or I'm going to keep going. Cause this is worth it to me. Either way, you have to really listen to your gut and decide what's going to be the best for you. I think what has to be important here is an objective analysis in which someone might go from zero to 1200 and then think that they're not making progress because they're comparing to someone with a hundred thousand followers. But if you went from zero to 1200 in three months and you think that's not good progress, you're out of your fucking mind. Like if you quit on that, you might be quitting on a multi-million dollar business that you're just quitting because you're not patient enough. So you have to be really objective with it and say, all right, you know what? I went from this to this in three months and, and let's see what goes on in another three months and give it another three months and then see what happens. So, I mean, the reality is there's no right or wrong in terms of quitting or not quitting. It's not like quitting is inherently bad and it's not like continuing on is inherently good. You really do have to listen to your gut and try and make the best decision objectively as you can. Mm -hmm. It's being able to identify like <clears throat> through awareness, like I think you, you, you and Mike have talked about this on the podcast, like a sunk cost. Like you don't mm. keep going with something just because you already sunk a bunch of whatever into yes. it. You've got to be able to step outside of yourself and look at it objectively. And then, you know, like you talked about on the health side, everybody gets to that point where let's say fat loss is the goal. You've picked a lot of the low hanging fruit. You've gotten a lot of uh, result from that. And now the motivation that got you started is starting to wane off. And that's the point where I, I use like the analogy of like, you've been rolling down this down this hill on, in a car and you get to the bottom and there's a, there's something beyond this bottom of the hill, but you might have to actually get out behind the car and push it up the mm. hill for a little bit to get out of the dip before you can start to coast. Again. I like but that. Most people get to that bottom of that dip. They see the difficult uh, hill in front of them and they roll back down into the bottom and eventually, mm. so it's about, you know, relying on some amount of discipline and willpower in those times this is just on the, the fitness side, not the business side. So, yeah, well that too, though, you know, I mean that as well, I think it, it that I love that analogy, you know, where it's like, you, you start posting, you start getting good feedback from the people that, you know, 
And, you know, people who are already in your circle, oh, great, cool mm-hmm. post, but then you're not reaching anyone new. And so now this is the dip where you've got to get behind the car and push it like to get that first, the first people who have no idea who you are. They've never seen you. They don't, they don't know you from Adam. They don't know anybody. They don't know anything about you, but getting that, with that car going, getting behind it and pushing it up the rest of that hill to get, get past that initial difficult phase is going to be super challenging, but it's also going to be worth it. Yep. hundred percent. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, but I want to ask if you have anything else you want to promote other than the book, which I'm super excited to hear about. I knew it was in the works, but I didn't know it was that close. Uh, and that's available for pre-order now. Yeah, it's available on Amazon, eat it. And I'm usually not one to promote anything, but, uh, you teed it up nicely for that one in terms of like improving your relationship with food. So I had to say that, but no, nothing else to promote. Man, it's, um, it's hard I, enough I, to write a blog article. I have mad respect for writing a book. <laughs> it was a, a brutal, brutal <laughs> process. And it's funny if, if it was just writing a book, that'd be one thing, but writing a book with a publisher and with an editor, that's a different thing that I didn't understand. And I don't think I'm ever going to do it again. <laughs> it's like props to people who, do like three, four or five book deals. It's just, it's a mess to do it with. It's not to mention doing everything else, your current job and everything on top of that. Like it is, it is a lot to do and coordinate with everybody involved. There's so many pieces involved in writing a book with a publisher. It's unbelievable. So yeah, I think this is a one and done type thing for me. <laughs> you, you say that now, but we'll see. You might have a, a business book in you. Who knows? Well, if they offer the right amount of money, then I'll take it. But if they, <laughs> if it's not the right amount, I'm doing, I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, I'll definitely put a link to the pre-order in the notes for this, along with your, um, your Instagram account, of course, and your website is, um, and you also have the business mentorship. Is it open for enrollment now? Yep. Yep. Open 24 seven. Exactly. Deal. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Likewise, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick, before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk. Apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.